السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما لسيدنا الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد. As I just walked in now, I was looking around at everybody, trying to count how many people there are. And I couldn't count, to be honest. It's too many to count in the few seconds that I walked in. The reason I was doing this is, on one occasion, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he says, he's in Bukhari by the way, he says that we were camping somewhere with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he says there was 40 of us. And one thing I know, there's more than 40 people here for sure. So he goes, we were 40 people. And the Prophet sallallahu he said to us, Does it not make you people happy that you are going to make up quarter of the people of Jannah? Quarter of the people of Jannah will be from my ummah. Does that not make you happy? And you know what the Sahaba did? Not what you guys are doing, by the way, sitting silently. They didn't do that. You know what they did? Sahabi said, Fakabarna. We said, Allahu Akbar. What did they say? So I'm going to try it again. So the Prophet said to the Sahaba, Does it not make you happy that you are going to make up a quarter of the people of Jannah? That's better, mashallah. So the Sahaba said, Allahu Akbar. And then the Prophet said, Does it not make you happy that you are going to make up one third of the people of Jannah? The mm. first one was louder than the second one. Right. Then the Prophet said, I swear by the one who controls my life, you, are, you people are going to make up half of the population of Jannah. That's better, mashallah. So you are excited. That's, that's in one place. In another place, the Prophet told us, in Jannah, there's going to be, when the people enter Jannah, there's going to be 120 rows. 120 rows. 80 of those rows will be the people of this ummah. That's more than half, isn't it? How, how much is that? That's two thirds. So majority of the people entering Jannah are going to be from this ummah of the Prophet despite our numbers being lower. And in one hadith, the Prophet said, the age of the people of my ummah, the average age is only between 60 and 70. That's the average age. If you've gone over 60, you're running in bonus now. I don't mean to be offensive, by the way. But that, that's, that's the Prophet ﷺ telling you, if you're over the age of 60, you're, this is your bonus now. The average age is between 60 and 70. So such less age, such less numbers, we've come right at the end. But when it comes to Jannah, we're going to be right at the front. We're going to be the most. We're going to get the best. And we got the best Prophet ﷺ. Now why? What's the secret? What's the reason? What's the superpower that we've been given that the previous nations didn't have? What's the advantage that you have living today in 2023? 
that the people before you did not have. Shall I tell you? That secret and that reason is something we call Nafahat Rabbaniya. Nafahat Rabbaniya, Ayyaman Mutabarrika. Nafahat Rabbaniya means it is those divine special moments that Allah blesses us with time and time again. Didn't we just finish the month of Ramadan? Ramadan finished and immediately we had the six fasts of Shawwal as if Ramadan wasn't enough. And if you fasted those six days, it's as if you fasted for the whole year. The previous people didn't have special virtues like this. And we only just finished that. And now upon us, we are approaching very fast approaching something which is extremely spectacular. If I was to pull out a calendar for the whole year, if I pulled out a calendar for the whole year, the Islamic year, from Muharram to Dhul Hijjah, and if I was to give you a marker, and if I was to tell you, I want you to mark out the 10 best days of the entire year, mark them out in the whole calendar, which days would they be? Your birthday, Valentine's Day, Father's Day on Sunday, Mother's Day, the King's birthday, the coronation, which days would be marked out? They're coming. They're just round the corner. Most of us don't know about it. We don't know about it. And when I say we don't know, we're like, it's not as if we don't know. We know, but we act as if we don't know. And this is why, despite them being the greatest days of the year, the best days, even better than Ramadan. Yes, that's what I said. You didn't mishear me. You don't need to clean your ears. I'm sure you've done that this morning anyway. It's Juma. You heard me right. Better than the last 10 days of Ramadan. You know Ramadan, right? You've heard the lectures. You've heard the sermons. You've cried your eyes out. You've done your tahajjud. You've fasted. You read Quran. You did tarawih. You exerted yourself. But these 10 days which are approaching, According to the scholars, they mention they are more significant than the last 10 days of Ramadan. Just let that sink in. You might be thinking, well, why don't we make such a big deal about it? Well, one of the reasons is ignorance. That's one of the reasons. There's not enough. We're not with Ramadan. There's so much prep. We start talking about Ramadan months in advance. There's so many talks, so much preparation. The environment, the shaitan is locked up and there's just that buzz in the air here. Everything's kind of normal and we have to create it. It's a forgotten practice which we have to work towards. Thus the reward is going to be much more greater than Ramadan because in Ramadan it's easy. But the struggle is going to be harder. Thus the reward will be greater as well inshallah. So the Prophet wasallam tells us that these are the 10 best days in the entire year. First of all, let's hear what Allah says. Allah is great and he only swears by that which is great. He either swears in his own name or he swears by something of his creation. As Muslims, we're not allowed to swear. Sometimes we end up swearing on our mother's name or father's name on the Khandan's name or the, or the Kaaba's name, but we're not allowed. First of all, we shouldn't, we shouldn't swear. When I say swear, I don't mean swearing, taking a Qasam. Qasme bro, sick burger. Like, is that something to swear about? Like, Qasme bro, you have to taste it. Is that... <laughs> when you're taking a Qasam, you're taking Allah's name. Like, first of all, a Muslim doesn't lie. So we shouldn't lie. 
And if, for example, someone is not believing you and it's a very, very, very serious matter where you're going to get accused, someone's accusing you of something is so serious and you don't want your reputation to go bad. That is when you can maybe say, I take the qasam of Allah. And only Allah's qasam is allowed. No other qasam. But otherwise, we should refrain from saying qasme bro in every sentence because we're making Allah's name sound very trivial and a joke. Just using in every other sentence. We shouldn't, we should avoid that. But Allah, imagine Allah taking qasam. Woman aslaqu min Allahi qila, woman aslaqu min Allahi haditha. Allah is the most truthful, but Allah is taking qasam. So on this occasion, Allah takes qasam and Allah the Great is taking qasam of something great and He's saying, Wal fajr, walayalin ashr, washafi wal watr, walayli ida yasr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes qasam. And he says, Wal-Fajr, Walayalin Ashr. Allah is taking qasam. I swear by the ten nights. And the scholars are unanimous. And they all agree that when Allah swears by the ten nights, he's not talking about the nights. He's talking about the first ten days of Dhul-Hijjah. In the Quran, the word day and night is used interchangeably. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swearing by the first ten days of Dhul-Hijjah. On the hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he has said, مَا مِنْ أَيَّامٍ مَا مِنْ أَيَّامٍ الْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحُ فِيهَا أَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى مِنْ عَشْرِ ذِي الْحِجَّةِ There are no days in the entire year. He says no days, not even Ramadan. No days in the entire year when good deeds are more beloved to Allah than the first ten days of Dhul Hijjah. Any good deed that you will carry out during the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah, it is more beloved to Allah than even those carried out in the holy month of Ramadan. Sahaba understood this. This is why, remember, when the Prophet ﷺ said this, he was speaking to a group of people that participated in Badr, in Uhud, in Khandaq, in Hunaf. They had wounds on their bodies. They had sword marks and spears and arrows that pierced their bodies. They were sitting in that gathering. So they were reflecting on those moments when they were very close to death. They almost had to part with life. Wounded Sahaba sitting in that gathering and they said, Oh Prophet of Allah, you said there is nothing, nothing that is more beloved to Allah in the entire year that you could have done in comparison to what you can do in these 10 days. So is this what you said? The Prophet said, yes. The Sahaba asked one question. O Prophet of Allah, what about the times when we went out and we strove and we fought for our lives? Some of our brethren lost their lives. We've come back, but we went for jihad and we were about to put our lives on the line. Are you trying to say worshipping in these 10 days is better than jihad? And the Prophet says, Yes. Even jihad will not match the worship that you will carry out in these 10 days of Ramadan, of Dhul Hijjah, the first 10 days. Yes, there's one exception. The exception is if last Dhul Hijjah somebody went out in jihad, the whole year he was out in jihad. And then just before Dhul Hijjah this year starts, we hear that the person has become a shaheed and a martyr. That's the exception. That person has reached their goal in the sight of Allah. We're not talking about that. 
But if somebody went out in jihad last year, and they strove on 9, 10, 11 months they were in jihad, fighting, protecting the Islamic lands, and putting their neck on the line, and then they return home safely, without losing their lives, the Prophet said, worshipping in the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah will be even more superior than the one who spent the entire year in jihad. This is the Prophet telling you, explaining to you, detailing to you how significant these 10 days are. Another question arises, why so special? Why so holy? What's the significance? We know Ramadan, but we didn't know about this. Why, why are these 10 days so special? Now, if I was to ask, if I was to ask a young kid that what's the best day of your life? What's the best day of your life? He might say it's my birthday. Why? Because for, for this kid, the thing they're probably looking forward to was maybe getting a bike. And that's the day they got it. That's, that was their whole universe. This is what they understood that I'm in this world to play. My purpose of being in this world is play. And they got the best thing they wanted to play on and that was a bike. If I was to ask a youth, for example, what's the best day of your life? He's going to tell me the day I pass my GCSEs. Because all his diet night and day during this period, especially the time we're going now, that's all they're concerned about. They think that they exist to give these exams. If I ask somebody a bit older, a young adult, what's the best day of your life? You see, it's the day I got married. My first night was my best night because this is everything this person worked towards. I ask an elder, for example, they will say it's the day I got my first grandchild. I wasn't as happy on my own child that I was on the birth of my grandchild. This is what people will say. But when you ask a Muslim, what is the purpose of a Muslim in this world? What is the purpose? Why has Allah sent us into this world? Why? What's the purpose? Worship, ibadah. There is no other time in the entire year when worship comes together the way it comes together in these 10 days. We're here for worship, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is celebrating the creation and the purpose of this world. Thus he makes these 10 days the greatest days. Why? It's the culmination of every type of worship. The five pillars of Islam do not become manifest in other, any other time of the year except for these 10 days. In these 10 days, you're going to have La ilaha illallah in abundance, are you? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. That's La ilaha illallah in, ex, in abundance. Are we going to have salah in these 10 days? Of course, there's going to be salah every single day. What about fasting? I know Ramadan, but what about fasting? Fasting on the day of Arafah. Fasting on the day of Arafah, your future sins for one year are forgiven and your past sins are for one year are forgiven. The greatest fast that you can keep in the whole year after Ramadan, of course. And similarly, the Prophet ﷺ fasted for most of the first nine days. So fasting, so we've got la ilaha illallah, we've got salah, we've got fasting. What about zakat? What's the concept of zakat? It's giving, isn't it? What is qurbani all about? Where's the meat all going to go to? This is a charity that goes to those people who don't get the opportunity to eat meat throughout the year. And what's the fifth one? 
What's the fifth pillar? Hajj. Can Hajj be done at any other time of the year? This is the culmination of all five pillars of Islam. This is why you and I are in this world. Thus, these 10 days are the greatest because this world was created for Ibadah. There is no other time in the year when Ibadah is celebrated so much and the manifestation of Islam is the greatest in these 10 days. Thus, the revelation of the verse of the Quran, It was in these 10 days where Allah perfected the religion. He said, Islam is now complete. It's been perfected and it's the only way to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no other way. Christianity is not the same as Islam. Judaism is not the same of Islam. Any other religion is not the same as Islam. They had their time. They had their days. Now is the time for Islam. And it's only Islam that will remain. Anyone who appears in the court of Allah as a Muslim with Islam, only they will go to Jannah. Only they will go to Jannah. Everybody else has a choice. So these 10 days are the celebration because it's the manifestation of the pillars of Islam. Now, what are we supposed to do in these days? How can we make the most of these 10 days? The Prophet ﷺ, he also described these 10 days. And by the way, I think it's starting from when? Monday? Monday? Around Monday? We'll find out soon. But around Monday, these first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah are starting. Let's understand. Let's open our minds and see what can I do? How can I ensure that I don't just allow these 10 days to pass? The Prophet ﷺ, he termed them A'zam, Ayyam ad dunya They are the best and the greatest days of the world, of the whole year. There is nothing better. There is no day greater than these 10 days. If we look at the ahadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he described these days Ahab ilallah. There are no more days which are more beloved to Allah. Afdal indallah. More be better in the sight of Allah. Azka ilallah. More purified to Allah. A'dham indallah. Greatest in the sight of Allah. The scholars mention worshipping in the 10 days will make you number one beloved to Allah. Number two, you will be promoted in the sight of Allah. Number three, you'll be purified because they are azka and you will be rewarded with the highest type of reward. Many people feel that in Ramadan, we couldn't do our best. In Ramadan, we didn't reach our goals. Allah is giving you another opportunity. This is your opportunity to revisit your Ramadan goals. If you feel there were certain areas in your life you couldn't achieve, you couldn't improve in, you couldn't develop in, there were certain sins that you couldn't give up. This is your ideal opportunity from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what can we do? This is our game plan now, inshallah. Listen attentively because this is practical detail now. We're not just listening. I don't want you to be here as passive listeners. That's not what Ujuma is about. It's not entertainment where you just come and listen and oh, great speech. No, we're here to act and to do, inshallah. And say inshallah. So we're going to take whatever we hear away, inshallah, and make a plan. Number one, the first thing every single one of us are going to do before the starting of the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. So you've got a busy weekend. Slot this in your weekend before Monday arrives. Somewhere between now and the start of Monday is the making of Tawbah. Allah has coupled Tawbah with success. 
If you want to succeed in these 10 days, number one, the first thing that I need to do is make tawbah, cry to Allah, ask for forgiveness. Because if we don't clean our hearts, it will not receive the barakah and the rahmah of these 10 days. So first thing we need to clean the heart. And the way we do it is by making tawbah, repentance to Allah. Everyone will do this inshallah. So this is step number one. Number two, before the coming of these days, we need to settle any grudges. If you have any grudge with a brother of yours, a sister of yours, uncle, auntie, next door neighbor. Yes, these things happen. Of course they happen. That's normal. That's life. But we can't hold on to it. If you hold on to a grudge, Allah will hold on to your deeds. They won't go up. If you hold on to a grudge, Allah will hold on to your deeds. And he will say, when you let go, I will let go. This is how he works. You hold on to a grudge, I'm going to hold on to you. I've got your deeds, but they won't go up for acceptance. Good deeds go up, but Allah holds on to them. No, nope. they will stay in pending. He will tell the angels, until they make up. And make up doesn't mean that you have to go and sit in each other's laps. No, just do salam. The best of the two are people is the one who initiates the salam. You don't have to be at their house every single day. You don't have to call them every... No, just make salam at least as a minimum. Things are not going to be the same. Of course, you're hurt. And sometimes you think they don't deserve to be forgiven. But you deserve the peace. They might not deserve to be forgiven. You deserve the peace. And you deserve for your actions to be accepted. Why are you restricting the acceptance of your good deeds? You're going to do so much good inshallah in these 10 days but you're causing them to be restricted. So let go and Allah will let go and you will see your life will be so different. A mountain will be lifted from your head. You'll be so much lighter. You will stop avoiding going to certain places because of certain people. You will stop, you know, just stopping yourself from being who you are because of other individuals. So this is the first thing. Secondly, the most important thing is the fara'id. There's nothing more greater than this. So if someone is weak in their performance of their five times salah, this is what you need to be focusing on, not on the optional practices. You can do them, but we learn priority. This is, remember, you're competing with yourself, not with somebody else. Your competition is with yourself. You need to become better than you. How you were doing yesterday, you need to become better. So if before these 10 days, you were praying only three for a salah, you need to be doing four and five. Somebody else might be doing tahajjud. That's, you, that's not what you're comparing. You compare yourself with yourself. Become better than you were yesterday. So number one, fara'id. The fara'id, nothing beats that. So make sure that we don't, you know how in Ramadan, nobody dares to miss a fard salah. It's like, it's like a given, like you're going to pray. Even those who don't pray for the whole year in Ramadan, nobody misses the fard prayer. In these 10 days, tell yourself, this is the same. This is even better than Ramadan, as we've learned. So no missing. After the 10 days, you'll see. We'll see about the salah after the 10 days. But these 10 days, no missing of the salah. Everyone's making this promise, inshallah. So we're going to be punctual wherever we are on our five times salah. And those of you who are already praying your five times salah, but you're praying at home, make an intention to be at the masjid. Start with one at least. Maybe Isha, for example. You do Isha in the masjid you'll get the reward of the half of the night of praying. And if you're already doing one salah, then add two, three in the masjid. 
if you're already doing most of them and not doing the Fajr, add on the Fajr. Try and beat yourself. Your competition is with you. Improve from yourself of who you are. So that's number two. Number three, optional deeds. Now we want to add some optional deeds. These are the days of Hajj. May Allah make it easy for those going for Hajj. It's not been an easy process as you've seen. May Allah make it easy for the people when they go there. Let's hope things are better than they were last year. Now, not everybody can go for Hajj, but you have the opportunity of receiving the reward of Hajj every single day during these 10 days or nine days, should I say, of Dhul Hijjah. Every Sunday, Alhamdulillah, we practice this in this masjid. Every Sunday, we have the Great Fajr campaign. And after Salatul Fajr, the brothers and sisters who attend stay behind for about an hour, 45 minutes. And after that, it's sunrise. And after sunrise, we pray two rakat salah called Ishraq. The Prophet said, if you do these two rakats, you come for Fajr, you sit there in the masjid and you wait till Ishraq and then you pray two rakat salah, you get the reward of an accepted Hajj and Umrah. Tamma, 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 three times he said. In the days of Hajj, you've got the opportunity to get the reward of nine Hajj. Now that doesn't mean anything to you. If I was to make an announcement that the committee of this masjid is going to give 10,000 pound, for whoever comes for Fajr and stays till Ishraq. Yep, we'll all be here. Every single one of us will be here. You know, Hajj costs 10,000 pounds, right? A Hajj costs 10,000 pounds. You're getting this, damn, damn, not just the money, you're getting the reward. 10,000 pounds is not going to come with you into the grave. But the reward of the Hajj will stay with you forever. That these rewards are going to stay, they're everlasting. The money's going to finish. It's not going to do anything for you. So this is another thing we want to try and introduce. Also, I'm putting out a challenge. And I know there'll be some of you in this gathering who will take on my challenge, inshallah. This is not for everybody, by the way. This is for those of you who can, especially if you're half of the Quran, or if you've got a lot of time, is to challenge yourself to make one khatam of the Quran in these 10 days, inshallah. I believe in this gathering, there are people who will take on this challenge, inshallah. You will do it, inshallah. Some of you will try and do it. If not, try and do one-tenth, uh, sorry, yes, try and do one-third of your Ramadan routine. If in Ramadan, you finished one Quran, then maybe you can do 10 juz, one juz a day. And if you can't do that, do whatever you can. If you weren't reading any Quran, like the last time you read Quran was Ramadan and your phone app of Quran, if you go on it now, it will tell you when's the last time you opened it. If it was on the 29th of Ramadan, that's fine. You're going to start off from zero. So even if you read a page a day, that's amazing for you. Don't compare yourself with somebody else and think, I'm going to read two Jews, three Jews, and then not do anything. Shaitan is very good at deceiving you and making sure you remain stuck. And one of the ways he'll do it is by showing you other people who are doing better than you and then telling you, you can't do that. So just don't do it at all. So look at yourself. If you're not reading anything, reading a page or two pages is a lot in comparison to reading nothing. Don't tell yourself only if I read a whole juz, then it will be counted. No, read whatever you can and increase inshallah. And the most important thing is dhikr. Dhikr does not have a time. It doesn't have a place. You can do it anywhere. And these 10 days are actually one of the things that we've been prescribed to do is increase in our dhikr. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. Actually, there is a forgotten practice 
a forgotten and neglected sunnah during these 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. You know what that is? Ibn Umar and Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, in these days, they would go out to the marketplaces. Do you know what they would say? In loud voices, they would go and say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. I can't hear you. Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. They would do it throughout. We only do it on certain dates. They would do it throughout. And why would they go to the marketplaces? Because they know people are not doing it. So by going there, they would create a vibe. They would create an atmosphere. You go into your house, you start doing it. Other people will hear you in the car. You do it. Your kids will join you. You come in the masjid and you say it, other people will join you as well. Just like you join me now. So we need to create this environment and buzz. Don't go to the bullring and start doing Allahu Akbar loudly now. Think about what you're doing and where you are. So in those days, it was fine for them to go in the marketplaces, raise their voices. You know what I mean, don't take it out of context. And finally, the longest ibadah that you can do, the longest, what's the longest ibadah you can do? Is fasting. Because it starts from dawn, all the way till sunset. All you're doing is abstaining from food and drink. And these 10 days, for those of you who come, the Prophet ﷺ would often fast for the first nine days. So those of you who can on some of the, if you can do all of the nine days, brilliant. If you can do some of them, brilliant. If you're someone like me who finds it really hard to fast out of Ramadan, then stick to at least the day of Arafah, the day before Eid. Because fasting on that day, you get the forgiveness of the previous year's sins and the future year's sins as well. And from what I've said, there's nothing new. I've not said anything new. This is already present in our scriptures. This has already been said to you previously. What's going to be new is what you decide to do. That's going to be new. In this same Quranic surah that speaks about walayalin ash, at the end Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the people in the hereafter and they're going to say, Yaqulu ya laytani qaddamtu li hayati. Oh Allah, we wish we did more for our hereafter. People will say this in the hereafter. Oh Allah, we wish we did more in the hereafter. Allah has given you health. Allah has given you money. Allah has given you sanity. Allah has given you everything now. The time to do it is now. Don't think I'm going to do it next year. We don't know if we'll have next year. We don't know if we'll be in the position that we are. You know, you've heard the famous proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now, it's today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to make the most of the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.